April Fool's Day, everybody. Uh, real quick video as I'm driving to uh, my next destination. I think of these things as I'm driving, just go make a video on this, it'll help somebody out. Um, so here's the deal. Commonly, people think that we teach, or collectively as a society of people who are more proactive police officers, and people want to coin the phrase interdiction officers. The reality is, is the group of people that we're talking about are those who have really embraced this profession, enjoy it thoroughly, and want to go out and have an impact on the world. That's really what, what it comes down to. Some folks treat law enforcement as a job and some treat it as a calling. Uh, we know the difference between the two. Yeah, it's not hard to look around. And some people get stuck on trying to figure out which one they fit in. And if they're groomed correctly and shown the right way in the culture of the police department's in a certain direction, they're usually going to conform to the one they, they find the most themselves most attracted to. Um, and a lot of times it goes with people who like to work, really. Um, and this had, I have another thought on this as well. So let me, let me just sidestep what I'm going to address in a second. But if you're a proactive police officer, but also assigned to a patrol division where you have to be reactive, you know what? Don't poo-poo the job in general. Don't get frustrated because you have to go to some service calls. Let me give you a good piece of advice. You have to have self-awareness, right? You have to know that, hey, I like being proactive. Fuck, why am I going to this bullshit call? Why did I get this call? But you know what? Don't half-ass those jobs. Let your work be a reflection of you. Do those jobs thoroughly and do them to the best of your ability. Write them well. Do justice for people. I remember a dispatcher saying to me one time, uh, and I, I liked her a lot. She had a lot of time on the job, like 26 years of dispatcher. Uh, came very close to her, and I, I did something at the window, and I did a quick investigation for somebody, and she goes like this. Do you know, in 20-something years that I've been here, I've never seen anybody literally just take care of that issue for that person, go a little bit beyond what was needed to get done. You literally saved that person tons of trouble because you had the resources here to help them out, and in 10 minutes, you sent them on their way where most cops would literally write a, a report, take the information, and kick them loose. So be thorough with that work. Um, you know, don't forget who you are and what you're meant to do. Yes, you have some talent to go out. You have eagerness to go out and apprehend criminals and seek through society and, and try to filter out these bad people that prey on the innocent. You're here as a protector. We all feel that way. And it's a fun cat and mouse game. It's a lot of very enjoyable. I always tell people in class, the first time you get a good proactive arrest, it is like smoking crack for the first time. You're just hooked for life. But we call it criminal interdiction for a reason. Because you'll note that although some consent decrees and some case law will advocate drug interdiction or signs of drug activity, that can't be read literally because you just have to read to a few more different pieces of case law where the courts say the behavior is associated with criminal activity. So let me be real clear on something. We never know what's in a car, okay? We just don't. All we know is the person who is displaying the characteristics, characteristics, the signs, the indicators of some kind of criminal activity will always display similar traits. And, ah, it's funny. Thanks, thanks, Alfred. By the way, uh, AJ's first name is Alfred. He wants to write in here, look out, it's a hawk. 
first name's Alfred. So nobody forget that. Remind him frequently that his, that his first name's Alfred because he really likes it. But back to what I was saying is, it's called criminal interdiction because we have countless amounts of stories where the person knew they were the presence of criminal activity, was seeking drugs or looking for a gun, but couldn't find it and couldn't figure out what they actually had going on there. And the reason that this conversation was sparked is because somebody sent me a video recently to review, and we're seeing a lot of human trafficking going up and down, especially on the East Coast. I'm sure you have it everywhere else, uh, where we're getting the same behaviors. And when I say human trafficking, they're moving uh, people, you know, generally of Central American descent or Southern, you know, or Mexican descent. Um, these people are being brought here and like endangered, indentured servants uh, being shipped around the country to where they're needed. And essentially other, uh, you know, Latin descended people are, are, are moving these people around. So you'll find these people looking to get a little extra cash. I don't know what they're getting for a trip. It seems to be about a thousand to $2,000, something like that to drive people up and down. And they're showing the same signs of criminal activity that you would, you would find in a, a car that was loaded up with a lot of contraband. But the reality is, is they're nervous because they're scared. They think you're onto them. They know what they're doing is wrong. And you're searching the car looking for things and you're not finding anything. So you have to wrap your head around this. What is actually going on here? You may have a lot of stuff going on and have to think a little bit outside the box of what we're commonly used to getting is CDS and guns. What else is going on? What could be going on here? Seen a lot of cases with credit card fraud and, and uh, stolen identities, and now we're seeing a lot of human trafficking stuff. Guys, there could be a lot going on, and you got to kind of just dig deeper and try to figure out. That's the game. That's the puzzle. Not every stop I had ended up in controlled dangerous substance arrests. Um, I've had guys who literally dropped people off at the airport and helped a 15-year-old try to run away. Saw me after he did it, shit the bed. Got extremely nervous, pulled him over, had to pry apart his story, and actually made a phone call to the Port Authority police where she was escorted back off the plane. She had managed to board the plane. This is, I don't know, 2005, 2006, maybe 2007, something like that. And, uh, you know, I just had to peel peel back the layers. So we call it criminal addiction for a reason. And as I said, it should be in your mission statement personally to understand what that is as a police officer. I find it hard to believe that anybody would not want you going out and actually apprehending criminal suspects. And I think there just has to be a, a, a bridge that we gap the lack of communication from the people who are naysayers to understand exactly what it is so the world can become a better place. So guys and girls who swore, uh, are sworn police officers and took the oath can go out and uphold the law in the, the way they're supposed to. It's a mat. So... Just remember, it's criminal interdiction. You don't know what you've got. You can't predict it. You just know something's wrong. And while you may be thinking it's drugs and guns, maybe something else. If this advice helped you, think about this today, too. I'm like, man, if I just knew all the things that I did that were wrong, where, where my, my mind was focused, what was important, the petty bullshit that I would get involved in trying to dig up, like, something to do because I didn't know what to do because nobody told me. We didn't have anybody at my agency who was good at interdiction, right? Or going out and being proactive. It just wasn't, there was nobody. There was nobody who, and if they were, they didn't take the time to talk to us. Or, so there was nobody. There was nobody at that time when we first started, especially a patrol division that was helping us. Tickets was exactly what was thought to be proactive. And then, um, you know, once you started seeing the light of what was really important, 
we started, you know, focusing more on let's let's work on on arresting and getting these these bad people off the streets. Let's work on figuring out how to how to protect our citizens instead of doing bullshit stuff. There's a priority scale or a schedule that you'll have to follow if you want success. You can't do everything as a cop. You can't catch everybody. So what is going to be your priority? You can't write every car that has a violation, a ticket, and you let's talk a priority, even if you're a ticket writer. Most ticket writers uh, will not spend time with somebody doing a petty violation in their mind, but will wait till somebody's going fast enough. So the same thing applies with how you're going to approach this world as a law enforcement officer. What are you going to prioritize to deem important enough for you to get engaged in or that's going to count for your time? And as you apply more and more filters to that, you'll start to see better and better results. So with that being said, guys, hopefully you learned some value uh, or you got some value from this small video today. Things that I just think would have helped me when I was younger or newer at this job that it took me years to figure out. Just getting the cheat sheet from all.